I'm Jason Van Metting. And I'm Ksenia Chmutana. Welcome to Disasters Deconstructed Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Disasters Deconstructed. This is Jason Bonmetting. I'm here with Ksenia, and we are back with week six of season two. And we're continuing our look at stories and disaster, looking at the language that we use, the ways that we frame different issues, and ultimately how narrative matters, how often we obscure the real issues in society and the ways in which disasters impact people through accepting the dominant narratives that are sold to us, obscuring the power that oppresses people. So we're back. We're looking at another issue this week. We're looking at social change through film. And we're really, really looking forward to this episode. So today we've got Joseph von Madding, who is an award-winning filmmaker from Ireland. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting Joseph and spending a few days in 2017, I think it was, in Mexico at the Global Platform for Disaster Risk Reduction. Uh, so welcome, Joseph. Thank you, Ksenia. Thanks for having me on the show. And also thank you, Jason. Well, you might recognize Joseph's family name, right? Uh, von Madding. It's not just a kind of weird coincidence. <laughs> He's Jason's <laughs> brother, actually. Um, so yeah, welcome again. It's true. Uh, the, the secret's out, I suppose. I know, this is it. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to talking to you today, Joseph, about your work in film and to tie into this season two where we're talking about stories and narratives, just unpacking some of the ways that we can actually use different ways of telling stories. Um, to achieve progress, achieve social change. And so today we really want to ask you some questions to unpack how, how you see filmmaking as a way to achieve social change. So I hope that sounds good to you. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was looking back a few years, you really seemed to have a shift in the way that you were thinking and the kind of creative work that you're pursuing towards more socially conscious projects. So I was hoping you could tell us a bit about your journey and about the kind of stuff that you do now. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've been, you know, making videos and film for, you know, around 15 years now. And I, I started off as an editor and then I started learning how to direct and, and shoot with cameras and all the other elements to do with production and post-production. And I, I worked for about eight or 10 years, primarily in the advertising space. And I had my own company uh, where I, I got to, you know, write and direct commercials and uh, music videos and promotional material. Um, and I guess I, I loved it. I loved learning uh, all these different skills and getting better at all these different elements. Um, but after, after a certain amount of time, I, I just found myself yearning to do something else. And I, I found myself in my personal life just learning more about the world. And as I traveled and as I learned about um, what's happening, you know, on a global scale in terms of uh, justice issues around the world and, and just all, all the issues that we face as humans, uh, it started to make me want to bring that into my art mm. and bring that into my, my work. And I, I suppose... At a certain point, I, I maybe felt that I wanted to like take a break or, or leave the sort of 
advertising world behind a little yeah. bit and and I just started asking myself like what do I need to do to, to, to achieve that and for me that was leaving my company selling my shares and going freelance because mm-hmm. uh, I knew that if I was if I went freelance that I could you know still find ways to pay the bills but also I could create uh, time and space in my calendar and in my mind to to see what see what else I wanted to do I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I made that decision but I knew I had a really deep gut feeling that I had to had to make that decision and then I could pursue other things mm. Were there any like influential issues for you that really pushed you towards having that um, feeling that you had to do something? Yeah, I think one of the the moments for me was probably in like late 2015. I, I, I'm a dual uh, US citizen like you, yeah. Jay, um, in that I'm, I was born in the States, um, but I, I live in Ireland, I have both passports. And so I had that connection to the US and I was at that age where I was like, okay, am I voting in the next election? Mm-hmm. I never really gave a shit about politics um, uh, before. Even when Obama was in office, it just didn't. I didn't connect with it for some for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I when I saw Bernie Sanders speak, uh, even when he he wasn't really, I guess, that popular in mid 2015, something something just clicked with me, and I started paying attention to that race in 2016, mm-hmm. and that sort of was was part, was a big part of of what made me think about all these different issues because if you follow a campaign like that you you start to get introduced to um a lot of different topics because the candidates have to talk about policy yeah um well <laughs> bernie talked a lot about policy um <laughs> some of the other candidates didn't <laughs> uh, and that was that was for me a big a big part of of what got me thinking about different different things and it, it kind of it kind of just reveals Oh, I'm actually really p- passionate about this stuff. As I learned more, as I as I grew my knowledge, as I um, pursued, you know, uh, finding out more, uh, and I realized that I, I actually really want to make videos about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of discovered something about myself, and so that, that that just plays a role in in what I do now. So, what do you do now? What kind of stuff are you <laughs> working on? Yeah, I, I I work on. I don't have like any particular thing that I stick to but essentially what I've what I've uh, done is I I made a decision about three years ago to drastically reduce uh, how much time I'm going to spend on commercial projects uh, pro- essentially projects that make me money mm-hmm. and allow me to pay my mortgage and provide for my family yep. and by doing that it kind of created just time in my calendar where I could actually create videos that I, I really cared about and I don't particularly think about it in terms of I really want to make videos about climate justice or about racial discrimination or the criminal justice system it's it's not that I'm particularly like interested in in one area it's more that trying to engage in in, in the issues that I that really connect with me on an emotional level and then make art about that Well, so obviously you have this strong drive for um, making an impact on society through, through your films and through the filmmaking. So what are the essential elements to film that help us achieve this or help you achieve this? Well, I guess it starts with how film has impacted me. So, you know, I, I personally am, 
I'm, I'm always crying, <laughs> you know, when I watch videos. Um, visual content just inspires me and, and, and reveals truth to me personally. Yeah. So I have that natural desire to, to create that as well. And sometimes my videos are actually just a reflection of what's going on with me. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think about it in terms of, you know, is this video going to get all these views or retweets? I, I try to think about it more in terms of what's going on in my head, in my heart. And, and I'm trying to just express that. And I hope that there's an audience. Uh, I, I, even if there's one, one person, that's still an audience. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, it does something for them and that sort of, uh, chain reaction is caused by by like putting something out there that that also affects someone else that inspires someone else to do something in what way do you use your art to create emotive scenarios for your viewers well i guess i you know i I try to become aware of my own like what's achievable in terms of my skill set and then if i you know if an idea comes to me i'll i'll just flesh it out and I'll, I'll, I'll brainstorm about how I can create something or is there an opportunity to create something in a, in this, in this uh, space of time that I think is achievable basically. So yeah, I'm just thinking when, when I look at some of your work, you use a lot of imagery that doesn't have words, but it evokes some sort of emotional reaction or some sort of knowledge in someone to get meaning from the imagery. And it's often very fast moving. You use a lot of B-roll and often you mm. use music, which is very fitting. So I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to get to like, how, how does that creative process work? How does it work? Yeah. Oh, I wish I, I wish I knew. <laughs> um, sometimes, the, sometimes I get ideas um, like the, the, the way I get an idea most of the time is I wake up and I've, I have an idea right when I wake up and I don't know if that's because I'm, I'm dreaming and that's where I'm most creative. Um, but usually it's like five or 10 minutes after I wake up that I'll have an idea and I'll just jot it down yeah. and then schedule, schedule some time to, uh, brainstorm. But yeah, a lot of the time, uh, it is through music. I'll hear a song and it'll, the song will actually speak to me. And sometimes I, I actually will see like in 3D space, a picture. And I, I just have a need to get that out somehow. Yeah. And for me, that's the, what I, what I know how to do is to, is to make videos. I don't know how to paint. I don't know how to draw. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a really terrible, <laughs> uh, I'm terrible at drawing, which is ironic. Um, I can only do stick men, you know, when I'm doing storyboards, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the one thing I, I, I know I'm good at, I know I'm good at editing. I know I'm, I understand how how story works and I understand how how to make something appropriately emotional. Hopefully that can connect with people. But you know when you create the stories, do you have a person in mind or you know a group of people in mind that you're telling this story to? Not really. I, I used to think about that and the way I think about it now is is that like think about it in terms of if if you were a painter. You know, most painters probably don't think they don't have a blank canvas in front of them and say, well, I need to paint something because there's a market for it. Uh-huh. There's a group of people who, who what, like, what do that group of people want to see? I, I try to just, I try to make it more personal and, and decide for me, what do I feel I need to get out? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really thinking too hard about, 
the marketing side of it. Now, at the same time, I do that does come into it. You know, that does I, I do try to think about because you also have to think about timing. You have to think about like opportunities for a potential market um, in terms of when you release a video or um, you know trying to trying to create something that you you think might catch on. Because mm. um, ultimately, you do want eyeballs. You do want people to um, to see your your work, but I try not to put the carpet for the horse as well at the same time, if that makes sense. And I guess um, if you take that approach and create, you create more genuine work, I would imagine, which hopefully will resonate with people, with the right people. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a better way to live. Um, it's, be- it's better for me. It's better for the world if I'm honest and authentic. And, and if, 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 my, if that means that my art is, is you know, not not as appreciated as the next person like i think that's okay too like not everyone's art is is meant for a mass audience it would just be better if everyone was was honest about their art and Mm. and and did what what moved them uh i think we'd be better off as a society and and i think each artist would probably be more fulfilled and more content because they're actually you know living with a certain integrity So as you know, in this season, we're looking at storytelling and narratives, especially in the way that we understand disasters and risk. Through our relationship, you have some some insight into my field. And so in thinking about stories and how we communicate these important issues to people, you must think about this process of mm. communicating the important issue to an audience quite a lot. When, you, when you're considering all these issues you were discussing before in your work, um, and trying to get your audience to engage critically with the issue. So how do you decide what kind of work to do and who to work with um, and how to like how do you decide to take work on or take an issue on? It's a tough question to answer simply. I think it's it's a combination of things because I think if I if I, if I was to dive into a, a project that I didn't really know that much about, it, it becomes more of a learning experience for me as opposed to taking on something that I feel I can bring a lot to already. So I, I, I would try to sort of weigh that up and decide like, is, the, is this more of a learning experience for me uh, towards something greater down the line? Or is it, is it actually something that I've been, I've been sort of thinking about for a couple of years and, and now I'm ready to actually create something around this space? I mean, it could be for your viewers it could be an authentic thing for it to be a learning experience too right for you absolutely absolutely and so some of my work does have that element to it um like i i i i made a film uh, a couple years ago that actually has not been released yet and um it was actually following was my experience following this uh sort of group of activists from one side of America to the other side of America. And uh, I'm, I've recently uh, started uh, kind of bringing it back to life, but I, I'm, I'm totally reimagining how I'm going to actually make it. Oh, really? Um, and it's going to involve uh, 
more more filming and editing but that's okay um but i'm i'm i'm, ex- I'm excited i'm excited about it but it's um it's been a long process of the making um, my my like my main stuff is documentary as well so yeah. um these things tend to be you know notoriously long processes yeah. where you know the start of filming you know until the the premiere could be 5 years yeah. and that's that's typical in the industry you know yeah. well i'm excited about that too because i know the film to which you refer and i saw the draft and i was already impressed so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 just one of those things where because i'm pursuing things that obviously do not make money um you know to say the least they they actually just cost a lot of money to actually make them um, therefore, you know, their, their passion projects are a labor of love or whatever you want to call it. And it's without, without that kind of funding, it's, it's hard to, um, to give it the time that it needs because filmmaking, you know, it takes a lot of time. When we talk about films and disasters, you know, we have a huge problem with sort of Hollywood um, creating this image of disasters for us, right? And the way um, that people then act in disasters and also in the way that disasters unfold. Um, of course, it's kind of mainly blockbuster stuff, you know, I'm not talking about documentaries here, but it, 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 it does create quite a lot of um, issues because then the whole educational dimension comes to play and people um, imagine disasters rather than actually know anything about it. So, and I guess as we've discussed in this last half an hour, and as you've pointed out, films have such power to change the way society think about issues. So do you have any advice for people making films related to disasters about the way they should uh, convey the message? And maybe do you have some good examples of how films have emphasized the issue and changed the way people thought about the issues? Yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, if, if, if all people have is, um, I suppose, Hollywood uh, disaster movies, uh, like, you know, The Day After Tomorrow or... <laughs> All the all these kind of things like there there are fictionalized um, pieces of entertainment, and but if if that's all that exists in that space, then people are going to have a slightly warped view um, of of your area that you're talking about. Um, so yeah, I can I can see how putting out other other video content out there to kind of balance that a little bit and realign people's perception could be really helpful. Um, I would say. You know, documentary is obviously can be very powerful uh, to reframe someone's perceptions about it about an issue. Like for me, I, I remember watching Cowspiracy, um, that was a, a documentary a couple of years ago about um, you know plant-based diets, and that had a huge impact on me uh, just from watching it. And I remember even telling my friends, and uh, they were all afraid to watch the film because they they were afraid that they would all be become plant-based after watching it. So. That you know, there, there's lots of films like that that have just this like immediate impact on society, and it's 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 quite a confronting feeling. But I think there's also other ways to do it. Um, there's lots of creative ways. You know, someone might have a real knack for comedy, mm. and although you might not think about it, maybe maybe there's someone out there that could make you know a funny little web piece 
that is also informative somehow about disasters. Mm. And, you know, that could actually be, be even more powerful, you know, a short, funny, sarcastic uh, web film about disasters that goes viral. Like that could be more impactful than an hour long documentary. So there is, it's about, it's about creativity. It's about people pursuing things that, that really matter to them. Mm. And that comes through in the work, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are so many kind of non-documentary films as well that cover social issues, right? That, that you know, as you know, we argue for the root causes of disasters and understanding of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but, you know, the latest Ken Loach's film, Sorry We Missed You, and, you know, before that, the I, Daniel Blake, they kind of highlight just that, of course, not in the context of disasters, but the kind of inequality and marginality, right? And something that we really uh, try to argue for and consideration for, but unfortunately, somehow it just falls and cracks, you know, and um, I don't know why people don't still understand that that, that that is the representation of reality rather than some kind of fictional imagination. Well, I think it's important for, for, for people out there who, you know, maybe are, are into film, maybe they're in college, maybe they're just out of college, maybe they have a full-time job in, in video or television to, to, to actually create their own work, you know. Um, if you're if you're working for a company or you're working on a TV show, essentially you're you're creating someone else's work the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where it, it is important for for people to make their own content to you know whatever's going on in their head to actually somehow put that out into the world. Um, and I guess this is this is the tricky thing with with capitalism in that people feel they don't have enough time to you know, maintain their mental health, let alone pursue a passion project about a topic they care about. And I understand why why people feel they, they don't have time or resources to do this, but I would encourage anyone that that um that wants to pursue it to to pursue it, you know, and to try try to think differently, try to see like, you know, you know, do you really need to um to 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 do all the things that you're doing? Do you really need to you know, keep keep killing yourself and working sixty hours a week to to make more and more money. Like, is that really important? Do you need that bigger house? Do you need that second car? Or or is there is there other things that are more important? Like, keep, take care of your mental health. Spend time with your kids. Make that that piece of work that you've been you know dying to make in your heart. And um, that's what I that's what I would encourage people to do. Man, that's good stuff. And you talked about comedy and disaster. I think that's great. Imagine Lee Camp or Jimmy Dore <laughs> doing this special about disasters, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember um, seeing a. It was a. I think it was an Australian. Uh, it was like a, a parody PSA. Yeah. And it was all about. Um, it was all about the racism that the Australian government has. Yeah. But it was done in such a way that. It kind of it kind of communicated the messaging in the best way possible, and and it was using comedy and sarcasm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, I've actually, I've, I've just Googled um, comedy about disasters. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, 
you banned me from reading disaster jokes before, so I'm not going to attempt that. Um, <laughs> I was going to mention yeah. that Ksenia has some good disaster jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not today, thank you. Um, but you know, it, I'm, I'm going to watch them. This is this is my um, evening tonight. But most of them start with natural disasters titles, so you know that might be the whole new. Um, level of investigation that maybe we can write a paper about comedy and natural disasters and why they're not natural they'll be yeah you've got me thinking now i i know a few people that that do this stuff so totally yeah well i think this has been fascinating and um blown away by by your commitment to making people think about some difficult issues and hopefully pushing them to reconsider their ideas and their attitudes and behaviors through your art and just always a pleasure to work with you joseph and speak to you today thanks very much thanks for having me on the podcast good to speak with you thank you joseph so joseph i think some of our listeners might be interested to find out more about what you do um where can they go to find out more yeah so um if anyone is wants to check out some of my work uh, just go to my youtube channel uh, it's 30 rev T-H-I-R-T-Y-R-E-V. Uh, it's at 30rev on Twitter and Instagram as well and Facebook. Awesome. Thank you. Just to remind everybody, Disasters Deconstructed is available wherever you get your podcasts. We're releasing every week on Monday mornings this season and hope you're enjoying season two. Follow us and tweet us at Disasters Decon and we're also on Instagram at Disasters Decon. You've been listening to Ksenia, Jason, and me, Joseph Von Metting, on Disasters Deconstructed Podcast. 